Welcome to the Soul to Earth podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Koss, a psychic, energy healer, and spiritual mentor. My intention with this podcast is to walk alongside you on your spiritual path, supporting you in accessing your innate spiritual gifts in an authentic and down-to-earth way, making the supernatural more natural. Hey everybody, welcome to the Soul to Earth podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode. I'm going to be talking to you about my spiritual path and my journey to become a Rose Priestess. Stay tuned. Hi everybody, how are we all doing? I'm so excited to be back recording podcasts again. I have been taking the last few weeks off to spend time with my daughter who's a senior in high school. We've been traveling to several of the cl- of the colleges where she has gotten into to help her make the decision on what she'll be choosing for the fall as far as colleges go. So it's really exciting, but it requires a lot of mommy energy. So that's where I've been for the last few weeks, but I hope you all have been really well. So today I've been really excited to share a new thing that's going on in my life. It's quite a big thing and it's been ruminating for a little over a year. So that's what we're going to be diving into in the episode today. I'm going to be talking to you about my journey to become a Rose Priestess. Let's get going. So what does this mean, a rose priestess? Well, we're going to be getting into that quite a bit in in a few minutes, but I'm going to give you a little backstory first about my journey, just in general, and my spiritual practices. So growing up, my family and I went to church regularly, and there were a lot of amazing things about it. We actually went to a very moderate Christian church um, in Berkeley, California, where I grew up. And there were many things that I really enjoyed about about it. I love the community aspect. I loved, um, you know, uh, seeing my mother so happy because she was such a heartfelt Christian. And she absolutely had so much unconditional love that completely um, encircled her life and in her relationships. And a lot of that was really nurtured and fed by the community that she had at the church that we grew up in. We also really enjoyed the services that we went to. And a big part of that for me was, of course, being in prayer. That's always been a big part of my uh, spiritual practice in general is, you know, prayer and then connecting in meditation to what I consider now to be the divine. But also a big part of that was singing in the church choir and um, enjoying uh, singing hymns and expressing our uh, faith in that way. And it was just a really sacred time. Now, although I definitely do not fit into traditional Christian uh, thinking, it's way too limited for me. I have a lot of very good memories as well as a foundation of a reverence for what it takes to um, create, you know, the sacred in the everyday uh, 
experience of going to church. So something in that rhythm was always really interesting to me. Now, I really broke away from the Christian church when I was actually about 13 years old. And the great thing is my mother really encouraged that. She said, you know, if you don't feel as much of a connection here at the church, you can go ahead and, you know, have your own experiences and decide what you want to do to express your spirituality. And I was just, first of all, even looking back on that now, I think my mother was so way ahead of her time, always, and she was just as a person, but really her giving me that permission to explore my spirituality made it even more sweet for me and left a really good taste in my mouth as far as the church that we grew up in, if that makes sense. So throughout my teenage years and really going all the way into my 20s, I did really um, dive into different traditions and trying to figure out where I fit in the scheme of things. I did some really progressive Christian churches that which I would consider to be also a really, you know, good fit for me. I went to Unity. I did Unitarian. Um, I did also then in my 20s, really get into much more paganism and Wicca practices and learn much more about the rhythms of the seasons and the different high holy days that come with the pagan traditions, which actually, as we know through history, Christians kind of, you know, overlay um, Christian holidays onto the pagan traditions in order to convert many pagans, which that's a whole nother episode, which we will definitely be going into over time. But I really began opening up to these different types of ways of celebrating the divine and ways of connecting with spirit and exploring really a, a wide variety of ways of looking at spirit and not in a rigid fixed way, but much more of a mystical tradition. So this has always been a really big part of me. And actually, when I was in my later 20s, just before spirit had led me to going into doing hair, I was actually thinking about becoming a minister. Um, and again, the biggest problem for me was that I did not fit into the constructs of the Christian church. And so I had thought about being a unity minister, um, things like that. It just resonated with me. Being in ceremony, being in service, um, doing sacred ritual felt just so natural to me. And also during that time, I began reading a lot of books by Marion Zimmer Bradley. And if you haven't read any of her books, she wrote a, a large series. She very much devoted to the goddess and also um, the uh, priestess tradition, Wiccan traditions. And she wrote a book that really inspired me called The Mists of Avalon. A lot of people know this book, but it really, and that the lore of that book really more talked about, um, King Arthur and uh, Guinevere and those uh, folklore, you know, I um, archetypes that are in that story, which has to do with Avalon and um, Glastonbury and things of that nature. And this just felt like I was in such resonance every time I read it. It was an eight hundred page book, and I was trying to sort through all these things, but nothing fit into any. There was not one specific path that I could see at that time that really was laid out for me. And it 
definitely wasn't um, the right timing. So that's some a precursor for what I need you to know about the next thing I'm going to share with you, which is really kind of exciting. So um, the, let's fast forward to last year, early last year. I was literally in my room folding laundry. I love this story. Um, and as I've shared with all of you before, it's very um, normal for me to be aware of um, spirits and energy and presences that and beings that come into my radius. So if I'm in a room or I'm in, if I'm doing a reading or if I'm in a space in general, often I will be able to sense and pick up on energies that are in my proximity. This is just a regular part of my life and also part of the work that I help my students with when they open up their gifts, their spiritual gifts. So I was in my room folding laundry and all of a sudden I felt the presence of these two beings come into the room. And first of all, their appearance was very austere, very reverent, very respectful. They reminded me of when I go to our Episcopal Church, which is here in Portland, there are um, those that serve in the church that wear long robes that serve communion and uh, just help in general. They had robes like that. So they were quite formal and had a sense of service to them. And there were two of them. And upon as soon as the first thing I like to share with people is when the sorts of things happen to us and we feel the presence of something come in, we should always just open up and be curious. We should be curious about what the, in, what the message is. What, why are they there? What's the invitation? What's the um, experience that you could possibly be open to? So being open is a really big part of this and just be grounded and calm and receive the messages and connect in and trust your intuition. So as I did this, I checked in with them and asked, hello, um, where, who are you? And um, can I help you, <laughs> basically? And the first thing that I heard, it was a telepathic um, message, was that they were here as guardians of the rose they were here with the sisters of the rose okay so just make a note of that and right away i felt as though that information was so familiar to me like i had i knew what they were talking about instinctively it felt as if of course that was who they were you know like this is and i almost thought to myself of course i know this already but I did ask them then. I said, so um, can you tell me more about this, the Sisters of the Rose? And basically they told me that I would be learning more and that there would be people who would come and uh, the, in my life and I would learn more from them. So I just left it at that. I thanked them. They just kind of... Um, you know, moved on to their next destination from my space. They dropped, they dropped in. Um, and just to kind of explain how these things work, the mechanics of things, because sometimes I think it's really important when 
people are becoming open and these sorts of things start happening to them, that those of us that are here to to, um, support, guide, and mentor many people as they're experiencing these things is just to explain it a little bit more like what are what how did that appear how did they appear my perception of this is that they projected themselves into this the room that I was in and that there is was this agreement between my soul and the sisters of the rose to be to recall this information to recall my connection to the sisters of the rose and what that's about and so there this was all part of even though it doesn't seem like it's in this 3d dimension it in fact is an overlay of our spiritual experience it is still a dimension that we have access to it's just another dimension it's a finer lighter dimension okay so that's the first point the second thing is is then two days later it was approximately two days later i was receiving an amazing healing by I um it was a long distance healing but it was with a woman who is in California and she um works in the Akashic records but she also does Chinese medicine so she was giving me a healing and I was having an amazing experience um and suddenly when I was in that healing I my eyes were closed and I was aware that there were some other beings present and what I noticed them to be were two um, women and they looked like they were dressed like sisters or nuns but not formal nuns as in Catholic nuns but rather women who were adorned in robes and they had you know shrouds over their heads and they approached me and then they said to me that they were with Mary. They were with Mary, Mother Mary, and Mary Magdalene. And I knew them right away to be the Sisters of the Rose. This was like the second message. Now, these type of mystical experiences truly are available to all of us. We are so busy with our three-dimensional life that we cut these experiences off. We don't we aren't open to them, we don't explore them, or we um, conclude that they're nonsense or a dream or our imagination. So I just want you to notice that. Notice that in your day-to-day life that if you feel a nudge, if you feel an intuition, if you feel a message, if you feel an instinct come through, rather than dismiss it, pay attention to it, write it down, say it in a little voice recorder, share it with a friend or write it in your journal, but make sure that you don't dismiss it because these are the types of things that really expand your spiritual growth and awareness and enrich your life. Okay, so I had the two visitations and quite honestly from there, I was like ready for more and very intrigued. And so I went deep into the rabbit hole of trying to discover who exactly the Sisters of the Rose were, who, what the order of Mary and Mary Magdalene was, and why in, was I being called to this, and what was, my, what was my part in all this. So I took a really deep dive, and I found a plethora and so much beautiful information about it. Now, in a later episode, I'm going to be breaking all of these things down so much more 
on a fine level and on a deep level. And in fact, I'll be interviewing other podcast guests who are priestesses and do this type of work and doing my own research. So this is just the beginning of this journey for me. But I'm going to fill you in on the other points that um, I have that are in relation to this. But what I started to discover in a very simplistic way was that, in fact, this way, the way of the rose, the way of the Magdalene priestess was actually a mystery school and a lineage that dated back thousands of years to Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, the Essenes, even going back further into Egypt with Isis and Hathor, and then further even back, there are planetary connections intergalactically to both Sirius as well as Venus. And that is where we really start to expand our awareness of how expansive our experiences are as souls and how much information we carry with us, just encoded within us in our soul blueprint and that we have access to. And because of my commitment to my spiritual growth and awareness, the awakening of this aspect of myself, this ancient aspect of myself, being a priestess completely resonated with me 100% and felt so very familiar. And so I began trying to learn everything I could about this sacred practice and also about how to become reinitiated, as it were, into being a rose priestess, excuse me. And so this wasn't the easiest feat, I might add, because this is very different than going to, excuse me, a seminary um, or finding a traditional church, because obviously this has been, these practices have been much more underground and not mainstream and disregarded and um, made fun of, quite frankly, and all to do with um, patriarchy and Christianity. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. So it was one of those things that I knew I had to study with a teacher. I absolutely knew that I was meant to study under a woman who was a high priestess who knew all of the sacred arts who could help reinduct me into the order and could really um, educate me and on ceremony and what all these different aspects of um, being a priestess meant because although I'm extremely intuitive and I get a lot of information and a download I needed it to be more than just a Um, uh, coming in as a spiritual message. I wanted to be able to do, say, part of being a priestess is doing sacred ritual practice work in ceremony with other women in person. And so I knew that there were these factors that I needed about if I was going to get a teacher. It was, excuse me, if I was going to commit to doing a program with a teacher and I wanted to be able to be in a physical realm with them, not just on Zoom. That didn't made no sense to me. So I began looking and there's some amazing teachers in England and in Britain and um, scattered out. Uh, in several places through the United States, um, I'm sure Canada and probably all over the world. But I wanted someone, first of all, I had a massive connection with, but also who specifically was 
because um, who was a Mary Magdalene sister of the rose priestess because there's a lot there's different priestess lineages and focuses which they're all so beautiful and I will eventually study many of them I'm sure but this is the one I want my foundation to be with because there's a lineage with Isis there are with um uh other goddesses and other female figures there's many and they're all so beautiful but this is what was meant for me so I began doing my research and I found my mentor and she lives within proximity of where I am. And so I knew she was the one to be my, uh, you know, teacher, my mentor. And so I made a note of it and I knew it's a commitment. It's not just a six week class. It's, it's like a half a year and more. And so, um, finalizing with an amazing um, retreat that's going to be held in person in Mount Shasta. How sacred is that? And that's another story. In a second, I'll talk to you about Mount Shasta. But um, so this is all part of the process of um, what is happening on the earth right now. And I wanted to just then shift a little bit and talk to you about the divine feminine because we're hearing that a lot in the New Thought community. And people are mentioning about healing uh, patriarchy, the divine feminine, what that means. And of course, this is so very important in our consciousness to begin to understand and interpret that for ourselves. For me, I want, I as I moved into uh, committing to the program that I was moving towards and the training I was doing, the divine feminine and the healing of the wounds and the remembering of who I was as a priestess and being coming activated. So then I in turn can help activate and support other women on this path was so in depth and very rich and full of tradition and ritual and um, history um, and a remembering of where we have been and where we are, but also knowing that during this time right now on earth, that many priestesses are becoming reactivated. And this is not about bashing masculinity, not at all. And this is not about being a, um, you know, an overly aggressive feminine figure, this is about just reclaiming the parts of our, um, not only our lineage, but our DNA, our memory, our wisdom, our gifts that have to do with so many beautiful things. Um, and also then helping others be able to do it. So it's a reactivation and it's much more in alignment with our sacred earth and a very uh, a high vibrational, unconditionally loving um, way of living. So um, we know that there are books being written about this now. There are, have been, but especially now, they're becoming re, um, they're re-emerging. And a lot of this has to do with timelines, and I'll get into that in another episode. But why specifically during this time on Earth are we getting reactivated? Well, I'm going to read you um, a quote, actually. It's... Um, a prophecy really that was written by a woman who is her name is Sophie Bashford 
and um, she works with um, the Divine Feminine, and she wrote a, a little prophetic um, statement, and I actually put this up on my Facebook page for my uh, Facebook group, the um, Prosperous Priestess, just as an anthem for all of us to be able to come into this blueprint because so many of us are being activated again to reawaken this part of our memory, our soul memory of how to walk in alignment with Divine Cosmic Mother and then put this down on the earth plane. And this is after all how things change on earth is when people get activated and new thought comes into and new ways of living and being and existing come on to the scene and consciousness is raised and and so this is part of why it's happening right now now historically just over seven seven hundred years ago when a lot of there was a lot of destruction as far as um no the divine feminine figures and the roman catholic church just um dominating and the movement of the priestess had to really go underground. Um, and there's many points that are um, I'll be going into in the, at another episode about this. But one of the reasons why we're all awakening now is because 700, over 700 years ago, we made a pact. Many of us made this vow that we would come back during this time on the earth and reactivate the divine feminine in this way. Hence why people like me and maybe you um, feel that urge to, uh, you know, discover their um, and heal their feminine nature and really embrace things like their spiritual, um, you know, their intuition, their spiritual development, their healing abilities, things of that nature. So I'm going to read you this beautiful quote or prophecy that... So Sophie Brashford wrote, and I just absolutely love it. As it was prophesied, as it was prophesied that multitudes of ancient priestesses and keepers of the divine feminine temples of old would reseed themselves on earth during these times of rapid evolution, these priestesses, healers, and wise ones would reincarnate to uplift the forgotten, the denied, the banished, the demeaned and the defiled sacred and secret treasures of the goddess. And so the prophecy is coming true. Who are these guardians of the sacred feminine heart and soul? You, my love. Thank goddess you are now here. Now, wake up and believe it. Now, take the place that was always intended for you. Now, stop procrastinating and distracting yourself. Stop wasting your energies on things that ultimately sabotage you. You are immensely qualified for this role. The prophecy is living itself. You are the living proof of it. Take the role now that you now know deep inside is manifesting. You are this art, ancient prophecy of the return of the sacred feminine heart. That's such a beautiful message, but that's exactly how I feel. And we have so much to talk about. I can't wait to share it more with all of you as time goes on. This is just such an incredibly exciting time for me personally. Um, but I am definitely going to bring bringing these um, 
practices into my work as time goes on. And I want to just tell you about the first one that I'll be offering. It will be a two-day workshop held in May, and it's called, it's called Healing the Sisterhood Wound. Now, as we all know, many of us have been wounded by other women, and this is no fault of our own. This definitely has a lot to do with um, how we've been in the matrix or in the paradigm of, um, you know, the earth plane, third dimension. We have been taken away from our source energy, which is our connection to the divine feminine. And as a result, we have drop down into our lower nature over history and time and we instead of holding up and supporting other women and our sisters in these sacred ways we have learned to tear each other down and cause pain and dysfunction and trauma and so part of coming back into the divine feminine flow is coming back into sisterhood releasing those pains, those wounds, those past experiences which have separated us and to come together in communion and really connect and celebrate together. And so this will be a two-day workshop and I will put the link in the show notes, but I would love to see you there. Beyond that, I'm going to be doing another program just beyond that, which I'll be launching shortly, which is called the Sacred Priestesshood. And that is going to be also an incredible journey. That will be a four-week journey. And that will be basically beginning to reignite you as a priestess and as a sacred divine woman. And that is in no way meaning that you need to do what I'm doing, going into a big training and doing this as your work, but in your daily life, living in your feminine divinity and what that means. There's quite a lot to it. It's a really rich and dense um, curriculum as time goes on that even I'm learning. So I am um, painting this into the work I do and integrating it into the healing work I do and into the opening up of your intuition and your sacred spiritual gifts. And I'm so excited about it. So this is just the first of many conversations about the divine feminine supporting you on your journey to reclaiming the divine feminine and so much more. So I'm going to end the episode today. I wish you all just an incredible day and please like share and follow this podcast if you're enjoying it. Take care.